Everybody wants to be Mr. Watkins. Everybody thinks they're Mr. Watkins. Everybody thinks they're Mr. Watkins, right. But nobody thinks they're the Bessie May who's doing the kiss of death up on the third floor in the in the mill. Or the majority of the workers going up and down the stairs carrying wool. Sure. Uh-huh. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Coming in January, Ask Me Anything call. A call with Scott Perpend and Grant Payne, who homestead a pain on Instagram. And it's Ask Me Anything on homesteading, gardening, and mindset. It's January 12th, 2023 at 8 p.m. Central Time. You can get more info at thriveinthefuture.com slash events. Come and join us on the Ask Me Anything call. Sign up over there on the events page, and we'll send you the link to the call. We have an unpublished episode from Lessons Learned from our Watkins Mill Tour. So for our May workshop, we toured Watkins Mill in Bethany, Missouri. Watkins Mill is an 1880s textile mill and farm. Mr. Watkins employed 50 people at the mill and about 50 on the farm during planting and harvest. These are the lessons learned that we had from, and we have lots of pictures on the website from our tour. We see the Amish as a complete and finished functioning entity, and everybody's trying to be that, and they're trying to be that individually. Yeah, that's the key. Not building, not taking the steps that they took to get where they are, right? They didn't start that way. They started being kicked out of countries. Right. They started with, well, we got a farm to eat. Mm -hmm. What can I do with what I got? And that developed into this thing where everybody is buying value-add products, right? And the Amish jams and jellies and pickles, right, are produced pretty much like standard industrial manufacturing at this point. Mm-hmm. It's a little smaller scale, right? Right. But that's what's done. It is not somebody in their kitchen making that at this point. Correct. We all think it is. Yeah, we Because we like want to believe is. that marketing and that lie. Sure. It feeds our narrative, Uh which also causes us to try and solve our problems wrong, where we want to be the Amish, only we don't want a religion that ties us together. (laughs) We don't want a religion that ties us together, and we don't want to do anything industrial, and we all want to be the person that does it all. Yeah. Or we want to be the the guy who ran the mill. We all want to be Mr. Watkins. We all don't want to be the people carrying the wool up and down the four flights of stairs. Okay, so let's let's uh, let's digress into that because that's a good tie-in with the Homestead Journal article that you did, right? Right. So we went to Watkins Mill, which was an 1800s textile mill, in it's a little bit northeast of Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like 15 miles northeast of Liberty. Liberty yeah, right. and uh, so the guy created a textile mill to take wool from the surrounding farms to create thread and then to create blankets during uh right before the civil war through the civil war up to about well it it peaked around 1880 and then it it lasted into the early 1900s but it was affected by the railroad so it was affected by the railroad and industry right because it the railroad made transporting goods easier yeah and it made store-bought clothes a thing instead of people making clothes at home. Correct. So it was actually probably more cost-effective to send string and yarn 
east to the clothing manufacturers right. for them to make material out of it, make clothes, and ship that back to store-bought good. Uh-huh. So some of the things that we learned there were that they had this huge steam bur- boiler in the mill that was basically like a old steam engine. From a steamboat, yeah. Yeah, and it ran all of these... I mean, there was pulleys and belts and buffalo, bison, hide belts going all over through the floor and everything. And they would wash the, they'd wash the wool. They'd take it upstairs and dry it. Then they'd, then they'd dye it. And then they'd run it back downstairs and they'd run it back upstairs. And they'd, you know, there was like, they kept running up to the fourth floor, which was the drying area. Yeah. And then they would, um, to string it out so that it was wool into thread. And then there carding. was yeah, carding, Sorry. that's it. The Sorry. And then the uh and no one in the facility had all five fingers. They ran the carding machines. <laughs> yeah. There was this thing they had to do to re to rethread needles and instead of doing it in the proper way, they would stick it up and and pull it through with their mouth. It'd suck in and it would pull the thread through the hole yeah. in the needle to thread it. Yeah. Yeah. Which would unfortunately get them, uh, that some of that was toxic. Well, so, some of that was toxic because you had all the dyes and the cancer causing agents there. But right. the main thing was that the wool contained anthrax yeah. in a certain percentage and you were likely to contact contract anthrax from doing that. Yeah. So yeah. they called it the kiss of death to try but to it get was people still... not to do it. But it was still worth it for them to do that. You're getting paid by how much material you'll make an hour. Sure. You, right. you want to lose 15 minutes of your hour to using the little tool, or do you... Yeah, so we... Uh, that's, that's an exaggeration, but it comes right. down to that, right? So we toured that, and then we toured in the uh, the house. And one of the things that stood out was that the the gentleman of the manor, Mr. Watkins, the owner of the place... His bookshelf was all engineering, and I'm paraphrasing what you said. Right. But, you know, it was all engineering and and uh, and math and science and practical books. It, it, it was practical, and it was um, philosophical or yeah, some thinking philosoph- type books. Right? Yeah, he had was... some philosophical books in there too. Right. So, but he 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 didn't have. 200 DVDs or a Netflix sure. with sure. billions of movies, right? Yeah. And those other 50 people that had helped to run his farm didn't have those books. Everybody wants to be Mr. Watkins. Everybody thinks they're Mr. Watkins. Everybody thinks they're Mr. Watkins, right. But nobody thinks they're the Bessie May who's doing the kiss of death up on the third floor in the in the mill. Or the majority of the workers going up and down the stairs carrying wool. Sure. Uh-huh. You're looking at a community that during, you know, harvest and planting times was about 80 people, which is that kind of target that's right. under that target number, but it's in that neighborhood, right? Because we're not counting kids that were around because yeah, people they, lived on property. and Yeah, I think they said 80 to 100 when, yeah. Yeah, we're looking at that number, right? Sure. But those people are harvesting, planting, or carrying wool. There's uh-huh. maybe 10 or 15 other, you know, jobs like cooking. Right. Washing. Yes. 
um, doing some of the other things like running the threading machines yeah, and looms, the, the, the right, looms yeah. and different things that are not running up and down the stairs carrying wool. But the majority of those people are doing hard labor. Right. Well, and the thre- threading machine and all that other stuff's not exactly easy labor. So it's not easy, right? But right. it's a different thing than running up and down. Yeah. But it, it, it's still... Well, now we've got this managerial class where everybody thinks they're the manager. Right. So, yeah. Lord of the Manor. Yeah. King of my castle. Yep. It'll be my castle. My castle. And if things get tough, I'm going to shut the gate, put up the drawbridge. Yeah. And we'll live in my compound. And even in that, they say, we'll go look at the clowns at the gate and we'll recruit an army. <laughs> wow. We're, we're covering every past episode here. So, <laughs> right? Yeah. The, 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 and I'm going to be it, the general, it, it, right? It, it is right. the subconscious thought that's going through that. Uh huh. We're lying about what we want. <laughs> okay. We all we? want a free lunch. Ooh. We all want to be Lord of the Manor. Ooh, wow. This, this is getting bad because every time I look at this, I go, what we really want is this, but that's, that's not right. We, we've discovered I'm wrong already in this episode. Uh huh. Okay. So what well, we, we all want here? is to be lords of the manor. We all want to be Mister Watkins sure, or sure. the Lord with a bunch of knights. Sure. Not doing much of the work. Right. Going around slaying dragons and winning the girl. Uh huh. Or you know whatever the. Yeah. That 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 is what we want. Huh. That's what we think we want anyway. That's that's that, that that's that's where our passion leads us, right? I want all the free stuff and no work. Yeah. That that's the answer. Is it to because we're passion. not content with what we have? We're afraid of dying. Yeah. Prepping is all about if I have all this stuff then I control the future. Uh-huh. Which is a fear of the scarcity I have seen in my past. Uh-huh. It's an attempt to control the past by controlling the future. I am not going back to anything I lived through back there. And it's also part part of it is also the Lord of the Manor thing. Even though you want to be left alone, and you want to have your compound, you also are like there's pride involved because I'm b- building bigger barns, and I'm going to say basically, look at me, I'm I'm fine. That's the real question: is finding people that really want to thrive, admit what they really want. Is friends, family, material needs met, productive, fulfilling work, and risk without guaranteed reward. Huh. Okay. That is what will give them a life well lived, Uh a life fulfilled, and an engagement in appreciation and seeing abundance instead of scarcity, right? Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, Click that subscribe or follow button in your favorite podcast app. Check us out at thriveinthefuture.com and also follow us on social media at thriveinthefut on Twitter and at thriveinthefuture on Instagram. And come and join our Telegram community by going to signup.thrivingthefuture.com. There's entry form there. It will send you an email with the Telegram community link. I want to tell you about grownuttrees.com.
So I forage local chestnuts here in northeast Kansas. I sell them as untreated seeds that can be planted so you could grow out your own trees. And I still have one-year seedlings, which are 10 to 18 inches tall. It's really hard to find chestnuts that will grow in the Midwest because most of them are grown in either the southeast, the northeast, or even worse, the Pacific Northwest. And those just don't do well in Kansas. So these are adapted to the Midwest. Also, elderberry cuttings are coming soon. That's at GrowNutTrees.com. Next time on Thrive in the Future Podcast. Next time on Thrive in the Future Podcast, Perpin is back and we're talking about seven tips for thriving in 2023.